Welcome to the Stories She Sings, where we bring messages of biblical women to life through inspired songs. We hope this podcast will be a place of rest, refuge, and refreshing in the presence of God. Pearls of Perfection, a one-woman reader's theater by Karen Grant. I am a woman living in the latter days. Like you, I am striving to be faithful in an ever-changing world. I am concerned about the growing evils that surround you and me, our husbands, our children, our brothers and sisters, our parents, and our friends. I know that to be truly happy, I must continually seek for temporal and spiritual balance in my life. I began looking for an anchor, a constant source of security and stability in my life, someone or something that would always remain the same, regardless of the changes around me. Someone that I could always count on to be there for me when I felt all alone in the world. I turned to my scriptures. I wanted to accept the invitation of Jesus Christ to come unto Him, but found it difficult to believe that He extended His invitation to me too. I found it difficult to accept and to trust that His hands were reaching out for me as an individual. I did not fully understand the worth of my soul. I felt compelled to read about the lives of women in the scriptures. My heart began to change as I saw Him reaching out for them one at a time. I perceived the process of each of their hearts trying to accept His invitation, learning to trust Him, believe in Him, gain faith in Him, and eventually come to love Him with all their hearts. I began to feel secure in His love for me, too. These women became my sisters in Christ. I grew to understand that none of them were perfect. Each one, like me, had her own set of challenges, shortcomings, inadequacies, weaknesses, and failures. And yet, through the Savior's eyes, I came to perceive her precious potential. As I focused upon the woman in each story, I asked myself, What is He trying to teach me through her example? I came to believe in every case He was trying to convince all women that no matter what her challenge, her weakness, her follies, or her past failures, He believes in our God-given capacity to heal and to change, to grow, when we allow our hearts to be touched by the power of His pure love. Just as His love was designed to fit the pure needs of each of these women perfectly and precisely, His love is tenderly tailored to fit our needs in these latter days. Just as their broken hearts and fragmented lives were made whole through the gift and power of His Atonement in that day, our hearts and lives can be made whole in our day. Songs about these women poured effortlessly into my heart. These songs cheered me on, comforted me, strengthened me, and encouraged me to look to the Savior as my anchor my constant source of security and stability. I felt a growing oneness with these sisters as I imagined myself in their place, how it might have felt to sit at the Savior's feet as Mary of Bethany, to serve Him as Martha, to bathe His feet with my tears when I had fallen short as the woman in Luke, to give not only my last might to Him as the poor widow, but my heart and soul as well. I came to understand Sarah's struggle and the struggle of my own sister, 
who had faced the sorrow and the disappointment and the trial of her faith when she was unable to bear a child. I came to cherish Mother Eve for the sacrifice she made for me, not out of disobedience or rebellion, but out of love and pure innocence. My heart is full of the testimony that these, our older and wiser sisters, love us, are intimately aware of us, and want to help us gain faith in the pure and unconditional love of our elder brother Jesus Christ. It's my hope that you will come to know and love them as I have, and that you will be strengthened and blessed by their individual testimonies of the Savior's love. Open your minds and your hearts and visualize with me the setting of each story. Imagine you are there beholding Jesus through their eyes. Feel his compassion, his tenderness, and the kindness he offers to each woman. I pray his spirit will comfort you with the assurance of his love for you as you listen to Pearls of Perfection. Who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find one clean and pure in heart? Who can stand before her maker? Who can lift up her eyes, shining like a star up in the sky? Who will God crown with jewels above rubies? Whom can he trust with the riches of his heart? One who will serve him, sweet observe him, with a willing heart and hand. One who will gently do her part. A virtuous woman stand shining before him, and her price, the price far above rubies, a virtuous Thank you. 
As a little child, my mother took me to the Sermon on the Mount. I remember sitting on a little blanket beside her and listening with all my heart to the sound of the Savior Jesus Christ's voice. I remember him speaking the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I remember those words. I must have been about 14 at the time. I sat in the very front and listened eagerly, drinking in all of those wonderful confirmations to my spirit. Time changed and I grew and lost my way. I ended up losing my way so much that I was like the prodigal son. Only I became like the prodigal daughter. And during those times of wandering, I wondered how I could find my way back to those glorious moments when the sun shone overhead and the sky was so crystal blue. When I heard the Savior's voice speaking, carried in the wind, music to my heart. He was like a forgotten love to me. I searched in faces and in places for that kind of unconditional love. It was later that I found him. I found his life. I found the story of his love. He had died and risen again by that time in my life. But I read and heard and listened as his disciples taught me once more the beautiful stories of Jesus that I had once heard as a child.
had an illness which lasted for 12 years. It was after many attempts to be healed by the physicians of my day that my heart recognized defeat. I felt I had lost my battle to live. I felt certain that I would die. But then I heard the news of a Messiah. I was hesitant at first, reluctant to offer my heart and what little faith I had left to him. And so I began my search for him. I mingled in multitudes asking questions about this man and learned that he could heal the sick with a touch of his hand. I learned of his compassion and concern for the brokenhearted. My faith was kindled and it grew, but how could I ever find the courage to ask for his help? He was always surrounded by so many anxious souls that stood taller and braver than I. At times, when I heard him speaking, I felt he looked straight into my heart and bid me to come to him as if he knew all there was to know about me. But I will never forget the day I accepted his invitations. The multitudes were pressing him for favors and blessings. Crouching on my hands and knees, I struggled to make my way to him. If only I could reach him, I need not bother him. If with one touch of his hand he could make me whole, then why not with one touch of my hand upon him could I not receive the same blessing? Nearer and nearer I came until I realized that he was beginning to move toward me. Quickly, I reached out my hand and my fingers gently brushed his hem. Immediately I felt strength surging through my being. For a moment my joy was interrupted, for he spoke asking the people who touched me. It was as if he knew, for his eyes came to rest upon me. Suddenly I felt afraid. Trembling, I rose and spoke the truth to him. But he was not angry with me. I will never forget the look in his eyes when he spoke to me, commending me for my faith in him 
even for my courage to come to him at last. Truly the Messiah knew and understood my heart. He had indeed invited me on many occasions to come to him and be freed of the pain that he knew was threatening my life. Patiently he waited until my faith in him was sufficient. He had been reaching for me for so long, but it was when I finally reached for him, accepting that he was the gift for my broken heart, that I was made whole. Mark chapter 5 verses 25 through 34.
dear friend of mine and a treasured guest in our humble home. He often came to visit my brother Lazarus, my sister Mary, and me after his long journeys. My heart has often been misunderstood. The scriptures do not give a full account of my love and devotion for the Lord Jesus Christ. I considered it an honor and a blessing to serve him. There was on one occasion, however, when I was weary, I wanted everything to be perfect for him. He seemed so tired and hungry when he came to our home that afternoon. I bid him to ask my sister to help me with the preparation of dinner. Gently, the Lord invited me to join my sister Mary at his feet, tenderly telling me that I was careful and troubled about many things, but that he understood that I too had needs that should be met. He gently explained that Mary had chosen the better part which fed her spirit and nurtured her soul. My dear sisters, it was with a heart full of love that I served him. But it was when I allowed him to serve me that my giving heart was replenished, my weary soul strengthened, and the craving of my spirit satisfied. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Both a portion, both 
gazed on Mary, she gazed on me. He beheld a warm embrace. Mary smiled, offered me meat. I knelt to feast at his feet. Amazed, I gazed upon him, serving, deserving. I felt his love, such perfect love for me. as Mary Magdalene. I was a loyal friend of the Savior Jesus Christ. I knew him very well. I was his faithful follower and true friend. I was healed through my faith in him of evil spirits which possessed me. In my heart there never was a doubt that he could heal me of the sorrow that plagued my soul. Perhaps women of today would call my illness depression. When he found me, my heart truly sang a new song. I was the first that the risen Lord appeared to. I believe it was because I was searching so intently for him. I bear my witness to you, my sisters, that if you will search diligently, pray always, and be believing, there will come a day when you will find him. It was through his power and his strength and the joy of his presence in my life that I was brought to sing his song of redeeming love. I knew I was precious in his sight. John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Strength thy strength. 
Bethany, sitting at the Savior's feet was my joy. I deeply drank in the spiritual truths which he offered me. I considered these truths to be precious pearls. I held each one carefully and gratefully in my heart. I grew in my knowledge and understanding not only of the glorious gospel message, 
but also of Jesus Christ, the precious Son of God. Oh, if only each of you could know the joy of being tenderly tutored at his knee, the joy of gazing into his face and seeing mirrored in his eyes complete, pure acceptance, perfect patience, compassion beyond description and love immeasurable for you. As I grew in my love for him, he taught me to love myself and to love and to serve others. He was the pearl of perfection. He was a living emblem of complete and perfect truth. It was my desire to become even as he was. At times I grew discouraged, feeling I had so very far to go, but he always made me feel as if I were so very close. I know he saw the best in me, for often he would smile and say, Mary, the kingdom of God is within you. In time, I grew to understand what he meant. Perfection is not a treasure waiting at the end of a long journey to be discovered. Perfection lies within you, waiting to be discovered one pearl at a time along the path that leads to exaltation. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. At his feet he spoke pearls to me, more than was each a single truth. On a heartstring strung together, truths that would forever adorn my heart if I but did my part. In his eyes at times tears glistened, with all my heart I Taking pure refreshment from his soul divine, each pearl he gave to me, my heart held tenderly, precious truth from his heart to He was my pearl of greatest 
I am the Samaritan woman who went to the well one hot afternoon to fill my water pot. The sun was blazing overhead and I was tired and thirsty. As I neared the well, I saw a man who appeared to be of Jewish descent resting alone beside it. Jews and Samaritans were enemies, especially Jewish men and Samaritan women. I approached the well with downcast eyes, hoping to avoid him, but he immediately asked me for a drink of water. He proceeded to tell me that if I would partake of living water, which only he could offer me, he said, I would never thirst. Who was this man who spoke in riddles? He seemed more than a man, perhaps a prophet. He perceived that I had been married five times and that my present companion was not my lawful husband. He told me all I had ever done and still offered me wells of his compassion. As we spoke that afternoon, I felt my inner thirst being quenched for the first time. I eventually came to know and believe that this was Jesus Christ, the Holy Messiah. I ran and told my people, and nearly a whole city was converted to the Son of God. John chapter 4, verse 1 through 42. As the mother of Jesus, I looked to him for strength on many occasions. It was on one such occasion where he performed his first miracle, turning water into wine. I learned a great lesson that day about his ability to help us turn our weaknesses into strength. It was such a sweet celebration that day for me on so many levels as I realized that not only could he increase the joy of souls who needed joy, but he could increase the strength of all of us in our weakness. Turning water into wine may seem like it wasn't such a necessary thing, but he cared about the details of life. He cared about making everything perfect. He cared about making everyone happy he wanted us to 
all have joy. of his message and sense the divinity of his calling. My earnest desire was to keep the first and greatest commandment, to love the Lord with all my heart and mind and might. I followed him to the hillsides where he taught beautiful sermons to the multitudes. I stood on the shore of Galilee, listening to his flowing voice as it rippled across the waters to the ears of those who gathered to the water's edge to hear. I never spoke to him face to face as other women had. I watched, listened, observed and loved him from a distance. But oh, how I wanted to be his friend. In the temple, the week preceding his crucifixion, I came seeking further light and knowledge. Quietly, I dropped my last mite into the treasury. I felt warmth surrounding me when I turned, there standing before me was the Savior, Jesus Christ. At first, 
Fear clutched at my heart. Perhaps he would not understand the significance of my humble offering. I offered him more than a coin. I offered him my heart. Mark 12, verses 41 through 44. written in my heart in truth 
this woman stood in a multitude with many whose hearts he knew were heavy. I had been trying for many years to overcome my bitterness and resentment for one I felt I just could not forgive. As I stood in his presence, I felt his compassion fill my soul. I felt that he understood I had cause to hold a grudge, to harbor resentment, but I also felt as I listened to his words that he who had suffered cruelty and rejection and betrayal had come to free me from my bitterness and pain. I knew in my heart that if I would ever hope to be forgiven of my own misdeeds and sins, that I must let go of the offenses committed against me by others. I was at the foot of his cross when I heard his voice utter his last prayer. My heart broke in the full realization of the importance of forgiveness. In his last whisper, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I understood that he was speaking not only of those who had taken his life, but also pleading for those for whom he gave it. It never seemed hard to forgive again, for the same mercy I hoped to receive for myself, I eagerly offered ever after to others. The compassion I hoped he would extend to me became my heartfelt gift to my fellow man. How could I ever judge or condemn another after beholding the suffering of the only one whose heart was truly innocent. Matthew chapter 5 verses 38 to 48 When I finally faced the emptiness of the life I had chosen, I hungered after truth and righteousness. In my haste to turn my life over to the Savior, I was met by a condemning man who ridiculed me in front of Jesus because he knew of my past, but he did not know my heart. I knelt and poured perfumed oil upon the Savior's feet 
and bathe them with my tears. I could only hope that he would find it in his heart to forgive me and offer me hope for the future. While at his feet, ashamed and aching for my mistakes, Simon persisted in ridiculing me in front of the Lord. But to my amazement, the Savior rose to my defense. Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. I had sinned in my need to fill my empty, aching heart with something which would satisfy the longing of my soul. As I looked up into the eyes of the Savior, the desire to sin left me completely. I saw in his heart compassion for the sinner and forgiveness for the truly penitent. I felt greater love kneeling in his presence than I had ever felt before. Luke chapter 7 verses 36 through 50. In his eyes I... 